0: like my favorite thing. Like if I found a new podcast and I saw that they were hosting a live show, I was there. This is a way that I can support, but also kind of see the show live and in action. And so now that the world is opening back up, I really want to see more creators doing podcast live shows. guys, welcome to another episode of The Podcast Trapper. I'm your host, Anna Gogo, founder of Black Pod Collective, Black Pod Festival, and Adote Media, your full-service podcast production agency. And this week, I am touching on podcast live shows. So I actually have missed live shows for quite some bit. Honestly speaking, in 2019, it was like my favorite thing. Like if I found a new podcast and I saw that they were hosting a live show, I was there. I would spend the money because of the fact that I recognize that independent creatives... You'd be a little broke, okay? And so, with that in mind, it's like this is a way that I can support, but also kind of see the show live and in action. And so, now that the world is opening back up, I really want to see more creators doing podcast live shows. And it's actually something that we are working with a client to bring to life. So, at this point, by the time you watch this episode, we would have already done that live show. So, I'm so excited for that to be coming live and in person here in Atlanta, Georgia. But Let's kind of delve into how you plan a live show because I know for a lot of people, it's like, Ana, this costs money. I actually don't know how to plan events. So let's kind of break it down. So whenever you're putting together a live show, I know the first thing is, how do I know when I'm ready to actually bring a live show to life? Live show to life. Yeah, I said it that way. Um, And the thing is, I think it depends. Some people you're like, oh, I want it to be like 5,000 people. You're pushing it. That's a little bit much for your first one. It's okay for your first live show to be from anywhere from 20 to 50 people. So once you've gotten to a space to where your audience is consistently reaching out, whether that's sending you emails, shooting you DMs, whatever the case may be, that's when you kind of know my audience is engaged. They want to see and hear more from me. Now, if your audience is still at that space to where they're not responding to, you know, when you ask questions on social media, they're not really engaging with you whenever you're posting content they may not really be there just yet like nurture it a little bit more so first and foremost how you recognize that your audience is ready for a live show from you is once they started engaging and connecting with you and wanting that more now you've indicated that your audience is ready now it's like okay where do I even start off at Let's kind of go through a checklist of items that you want to get ready whenever you are putting together a live show. And I made a list because of the fact that I wanted to make sure I kind of kept it together. But I also forgot to wear my glasses so I can't actually really see the list. So let's hope like I can get this right. So for your live show, this is like your checklist. First and foremost is your venue. Let's talk about that. I know for some people, the venue is sometimes the most expensive thing. It doesn't have to be, though. Peer Space is my favorite place whenever you are looking for venues. And like I said, you want to start off a little smaller. So anywhere from, I say, a space that could fit 20 to 50 people is going to take you very far. What this can look like could be a theater. I've actually seen people do a live show at a movie theater. Did you know to launch? I said to launch. (laughs) I mean, if you want to launch a movie theater, that's great. But to rent a movie theater is about 400 bucks, And you're probably thinking to yourself, $400 is a little bit of money. But guess what? That actually does pretty good. So there are ways for you to work out with the movie theater to actually utilize it in other capacities. Keep in mind, the world is changing, so people are just trying to get business in the door. Another thing for venues is looking at space rental on not only peer space, but commercial buildings. As we know, with work from home and like the shift for a lot of companies kind of getting rid of their physical spaces, I'm seeing a lot of commercial buildings kind of revitalize how they utilize their space. Last thing is, I know this one is shocking because even for me it was, the mall. Exactly. The mall is like kind of dying. So they're really trying to get people in there as much as possible. You would be shocked how many people can actually do a live show in the heart of the mall, which also helps you with exposure to other people who may be walking by to kind of give them access to your show. So I know in Dallas is when the first time I actually saw somebody do a live show at the mall. They actually had a whole stage, a whole thing. Now, granted, their podcast was about traveling, so it actually kind of made sense for a partnership. And the mall didn't actually charge them because, you know, I was nosy and I walked up to strangers and asked them how much they paid. I wouldn't recommend that you do that, though. Next thing is your decor. Now, I'm very big on the aesthetics of things, but from a pricing perspective, it's not as important as you think. I would say don't spend too much money there. Now, if you could do some balloons or something that's on theme or some merch, I think that's a good avenue to go. Next up is your entertainment. Now, You as a live show should be the entertainment, but you need something supplemental. This could be a DJ. This could be like a bartender who makes mixed drinks. You want to make sure you're creating an interactive and immersive experience for your audience. And so like even with our clients that we worked with, they have, you know, um, a giveaway. They had all these things that they were kind of doing to pull the audience in and get them excited for the fact that they were doing this live show. Now, we've talked about entertainment. We've talked about decor. We've talked about venue. Next is your audio and video production. Yes, I said it. So your live show should also kind of serve as your podcast episode. It's not just a you're up there talking and entertaining. You can repurpose that content for your podcast. That's actually what I recommend for anyone because you don't want to spend all this money bringing this together and then you don't really have content to utilize. So some of the things you want to keep in mind is hiring a production company. And don't forget, if you're in Atlanta, Georgia, Donate Media can support you with that. And yes, that's a little shameless plug that I'm throwing into the episode. Um, But if you're not in Atlanta and you know that this is something you want to do, I highly recommend that you hire a company who does audio and video. You can utilize and segment this. Like, let's say you don't normally have video content. You can kind of break this up to utilize across the board on social, on TikTok, all the places, as well as for promo. You want to kind of make sure that if you're spending this type of money, that you're repurposing it across the board. So audio and video... Utmost of importance, but let's not forget your BTS content because this makes a difference as well. You want to get as much content as possible from just this one day. So that's your photos, that's your audio, your video, your BTS. And once again, Adobe Media does all of those things. And I know you're feeling this is a commercial, but hey, have to let the people know. Um, Next up is your run of show. Now, As a person who does audio and video production, this is the piece that I always find where it's like people kind of drop the ball. And the reason for that is you're not really sure what's going to happen sometimes until you get there. But how you can mitigate this to make sure you're utilizing your time most optimally is by creating a run of show before the actual day and going over it with your production team. So this could look like, okay, this is the time we show up for setup. This is the time hair and makeup is being done. Here's when the bartender is showing up. Here's when the vendors are showing up. Here's when the photographer, videographer, that's your run of show, but also... So indicating what topics are being discussed so that this way, whoever is getting that content for you can understand when a shift in the conversation is happening, what that conversation actually is so that this way we can kind of stay on top and have the best content. Next up is ticket sales. Now I know a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves like, wait a minute, on a, you said it's like $400 hours to rent out a movie theater. How much is this supposed to cost me? Now granted, it depends on where you're at. In California, I assume that things are much more expensive than they are here in Georgia. I know for our clients, they rented out a space for four hours at $85 an hour. That's a huge difference because of the fact that it's a space that fits up to like 50 people and all of these things. That's a really good price. So I don't want to kind of tell you like oh, how much should this cost because it depends on where you're located. But as it relates to ticket sales this is where you can kind of offset that between ticket sales and vendors and I know a lot of people don't often think about vendors because you're looking at your live show as the way that you can really get your audience in tune and kind of keep them abreast and pull them in but guess what utilize this opportunity for vendors so that this way it's not just you forking over the cost but they're serving as sponsors to get in front of your audience in this instance our clients are realtors so they worked with closing firms a legal agency and a few other places to bring this to life and what I mean by This is these are people who want to get in front of their audience. And if they're saying that they're going to have 50 people in one space, it made sense for them to partner with some of these type of vendors. And now they're getting in front of the audience, but they're also sponsoring the episode as well. So it's like a two for one deal. You're getting to come in front of that audience, speak to them directly, but you're then also being repurposed across and live evergreen in the content. And that's where you can kind of charge top dollar. Now, I know I kind of went down the deep end with the vendor side. So let's kind of go into ticket sales. Now, your pricing is based off of what you feel your audience is willing to spend. I'm very big on polling your audience versus trying to guess what they want. So I'm very big on like, hey, just throw it in your stories and see what the majority comes back to say. If you're doing a live show, that means your audience is already super engaged and they're the audience that's going to kind of tell you like, hey, I like this or "Mm, that's a bit much. What am I getting with that? So I don't believe in figuring this out in a bubble. No, ask your audience. Hey, I'm doing this for you guys, but also so we can generate income. It's okay to be honest with your audience to let them know that, hey, this is the situation at hand. We've talked about pricing. The next thing is systems. Um, So let's talk about Eventbrite versus like your website. If you have like a Squarespace website like we do, it has a lot of options for you to like sell tickets and all of those things there. The thing that you want to keep in mind with that is it doesn't have a lot of those regulations in place. So let's say somebody wanted a refund. Squarespace isn't really going to facilitate that for you. Whereas Eventbrite has a lot of rules, policies, and those things to kind of protect yourself. It also has these forms that people can fill out and it has like liabilities, waivers, all of these things, because guess what? With a live show, it's important to make sure that your audience is signing some form of waiver indicating that they will be on camera and If they come up to ask questions, you're going to utilize their likeness and sound and all those things. So keep that in mind. Like the live show has to be where you're using that content and anybody who's on camera needs to sign over that they're okay with that. And so that's why I like Eventbrite versus utilizing your website. Eventbrite has a lot of those things already built in. Last and definitely not least is your audience engagement. Like, your audience has to be engaged in the conversation. This means you need to kind of like, you know, get up and get into it. Like, if I was doing a live show and I was just sitting at this desk, and if you're listening to the podcast right now, I am sitting at a white desk in a room by myself. Well, actually, there's two people behind camera. And if I was doing a live show and I was just sitting at this desk, that would be kind of dry. So make sure you have some form of entertainment. If you are a solo podcaster and you don't have a co-host, I would say like bring a guest on. Do something that's like risque, a little different. I'm not saying get naked or anything like that. want to be clear when I say risque. I'm not. Don't go there. Um, I mean, also it depends on what your podcast is about. So don't let me stop your greatness. And so those are just a few things you want to keep in mind when you're doing a live show. I really want to see more live shows come to live this summer because Quite frankly, I miss them. And I think they're a great way to really build that audience because guess what? If I listen to your podcast, I'm going to tell my friend that I'm going to a live show. She or he may have never heard about the podcast and they want to join and come with me. And now this is somebody new who's being exposed to your show. And so it's a great marketing tool, but it's also a great way to like those day one people who've been following and supporting you. That's what that is. I look at... Black Pod Festival is almost a huge live show for me, just that I don't have to be on stage, which is what the best type of live show for me. And so I hope you guys found this information helpful. If you're here in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're like, you know what? I do need some support with that. Feel free to reach out to us. We would love to be able to help you with that. And if you're not in Atlanta, I do have a few other production companies that you can work with from New York to L.A. that I'd be happy to recommend. Now... A huge thing I'm wanting to see more of is you guys should talk to me and tell me what you want to learn. Um, This live show thing kind of came up because of the fact that other people were asking questions about it. But I really want to hear more from my audience and my listeners of what you'd like to know from my experience. Now, if you are interested in seeing that live show that we produced, I think the content should already be out. So head over to our website to kind of see those details as well as our social media. So you can see that at Adode Media. Um, And until next time, you guys, have a great one.